Good morning, everybody. How are you? Let me try that again. Y'all weren't ready. Y'all must have been mid-sip on the coffee. Let's try that again. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Come on. Thank you. Thank you. It is good to be with you. For those I do not know, my name is Nick, and I get the privilege of being one of the pastors here at New Vision. And if you have been around, and maybe you haven't been around, we've been going through the I Am Statements of Jesus during our Family Worship Month, which Family Worship Month just means everybody is in here, first grade until however old you are. We are in here, and I've been excited about it. And for those watching online, we are so thankful that you are here out of all the places you could have been. Thank you for being a part of the New Vision family today. And as those animated characters already said, Cracker Barrel Biscuits praise the lamb. Now, for some of you in here, you already got mad. Let me tell you why. Because I might have a history of not being nice to food. But let me go ahead and tell you right here, right now, there will be no biscuits harmed in the preaching of this message today, y'all. We're going to all be good, so you don't have to worry about that. But what's funny is we ended up going to dinner. Me and my family went to dinner at Cracker Barrel on Friday. I guess it's been in my head, and so we had to go and be blessed by the biscuits. And here's what I love about Cracker Barrel. For one thing, Cracker Barrel is very good at getting you on the front end and the back end. What I mean by that is that country store, nobody needs anything in the country store, all right? Like, none of you, before you went into the Cracker Barrel, said, you know what I really need is a Cracker Barrel sweater. I Hopefully, they have something in my side. You don't need no Cracker Barrel sweater, and if you bought a Cracker Barrel sweater, be you. Praise God, right? <laughs> but also, on the back end, as you're waiting in line, they have all these old-school candies. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, they stopped making that for a reason, but here we are. Um, and so, all the things. But one of my favorite things about the Crackleberry, y'all have probably been there, hopefully. If not, we're praying for you. You go in, you sit down, and the nice server comes to you, and they go, what would you like to drink? And they go through all the drink orders. And what I love about Crackleberry is you can then go, hello, ma'am or sir, I would love for you to bring out some biscuits before the meal. If you do this at breakfast time, they'll bring you all the biscuits. If you do this at lunch or dinner time, they'll ask you this question. Would you like some cornbread muffins as well? You're like, praise God. Um, and so what I make sure I always do is I always ask for apple butter. And typically I ask for strawberry jam, but you also need butter. And so they will bring this pile of biscuits Just a moment, y'all. They just bring them in. They're hot, and they bring them with a little side of all the butter, the apple butter, and the strawberry jam. And what I love is that because the butter has been hanging out near the biscuits, the butter is somewhat melted. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's not fully melted, just enough to bless your soul. And so you get the biscuit, and I don't know how you fix your biscuit. I'm not judging you. I'm not telling you how to fix your biscuit, but this is the right way to fix it. You, you cut the biscuit in half. Then you take the butter, you spread the butter on the top and the bottom. You allow the biscuit ends to, to kind of create this lovely little hot oven for the butter to melt glory. And what begins to happen is the butter will seep into all the nooks and the crannies. Then, thank you, Amen. Y'all like, church, I knew I showed up for a reason. Um, but then you get the apple butter, and some of y'all, some of y'all turned your noses up. You're like, apple butter, don't do that. I, don't do that. Me and apple butter are friends, okay? So you take the apple butter, and you spread it on both ends of it. You close it back up, and then you take a bite. Glory. Yeah, yeah just a moment of silence is needed. You know what I mean? 
And you know you shouldn't enjoy that biscuit as much as your body's going, we need this. We need, no one needs biscuits, but whatever. And so you eat, and I've heard that this has happened. I can't speak to this personally, but I heard that sometimes you will get four biscuits in before you realize what happened. You're like, who ate four biscuits? And they're like, you did, greedy. And you're like, oh. And then the crazy thing happens. Then they bring your main entree, and you find yourself in a place that you're already full. Ever been there? Where you're like, the main course was this, but yet I have filled up on all the biscuits and all the apple butter that I can handle, and I can't really eat the meal, which was really the reason that I came here for. So you fill up on the biscuits, and you're not able to eat what you really needed and came to eat. And I'm not just talking about biscuits, everybody. See, so often for us, we are a people that will fill up on what is temporary and less than. Where Jesus doesn't come to just offer us a temporary solution. He doesn't just come and say, hey, I'm okay. No, he comes to be the full meal. But yet we have all these things that we are filling up on and we are trying to sustain ourselves and fulfill ourselves by all these lesser things. And Jesus is going, hey, what I offer to you really will satisfy you. What I have for you is truly enough. But yet we are so easily satisfied by the biscuits of the world that we will fill up on what's temporary and then be mad later on when we go, wait a second, that did not satisfy me. That did not fulfill what it needed to fulfill. See, the Bible calls this idolatry. And I'll give you a simple definition of that, is when we allow lesser kings to sit on the throne of our lives, that is idolatry. Because the throne of our lives is only for the king of kings, not for lesser kings. Kings. And so in the text today, as we dive into John chapter 6, Jesus is going to say, Hey, I know you want what is temporary, but remember, I provide for the temporary to reveal the eternal. So today is going to be a day where we're going to see that Jesus calls himself the bread of life, the only thing that truly satisfies us, the only thing that can truly fulfill us. And he says, I am that. And if you eat of me, then you will never grow hungry again. So today, we're going to see that this bread of life truly does sustain us. It truly is enough because Jesus is the bread of life that truly satisfies. He satisfies our every need. He is enough. And we just sang a song where we were reminding ourselves that he is enough. Why would we repeat ourselves and sing that chorus over and over again? You are enough. You are enough. Why? Because we are prone to forget that. We are prone to try to fulfill the void of our lives with lesser things and then wonder why we're still not satisfied. He is enough. And so today, in this place, for those watching online and in this room, we are going to see that he truly is enough. So as we prepare our hearts, as we prepare our eyes, and we prepare our feet to walk out what we hear today, Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that you are enough. Thank you that you offer us something that truly satisfies and truly fulfills us, and that is you. Father, no matter what we are facing in this moment, in this place, and in this space, may we remember that you are enough. Will you remind us of that truth? May we walk in that truth. 
And Jesus, maybe for the first time, there will be people in this place or online that hear for the first time in a way that they can understand it, that Jesus is enough, and maybe they will say yes to you for the first time. Maybe there are those in this place that will hear your word and go, you know what? I've still been chasing lesser things, even though I have tasted of the king. May I just be truly satisfied by the king and the king alone. So Jesus, we give you the next few moments. Open up our eyes, open up our hearts, and let our feet be willing to walk out what is received here today. So Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we thank you. And Jesus, we pray all these things in your awesome and amazing name. Amen. So if you have your Bibles or whatever it is you read God's Word with, if that's a tablet or a phone, either tap or turn to John chapter 6. And I know we talked about John 15, but today I'm going to focus on the bread of life. That's what we're going to focus on today. So John chapter 6, we're going to begin in verse number 22. Let me kind of bring you up to speed or what's going on before we pick up this narrative in John chapter 6, verse 22. So Jesus has just been preaching. People have heard a word from the Lord, and then they got hungry. And there was about 10,000 people there. There were men, there were women, there were children. This is called the miracle of the 5,000, but they really were just counting the man. It really was much, much more than that. And so he's on the side of this, he's on the side and he's teaching them and they're listening and they're engaged and they start to get hangry, kind of around like 11.55, which you will start experiencing where you're like, I need a biscuit right now. And so they're hangry and they're hungry. And so Jesus takes a Jerusalem Happy Meal with bread and some fish and he makes it so that it eats the multitude. He multiplies it. I have never experienced a miracle like this. I go to Chick-fil-A and I have to get three kids meal, not just one. It does not multiply. And so he multiplies the meal and there they are. He's feeding everybody. And then he steps away from the crowd. His disciples get on the boat, but Jesus is going to go walk on the water. And then they walk to the other side and the crowd follows him to the other side. And that's where we're going to pick up the story in verse number 22. Are y'all ready? Let me ask y'all again. You ready? Because we are about to read God's word that transforms us. See, I don't, I don't know what you came here looking for today, but the Lord is offering transformation through his word. And that is what we get to lean into because God's word does not return void and it's not going to begin here today. And so this is going to be life changing. So let's lean in and let's see what God has for us. Verse 22. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there. And that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that, he, that they had gone away alone. Verse 23. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. So the people got a taste of something good and they wanted more. See, Jesus had provided for a temporary need, and for the crowd, they were like, whoa, if he is able to provide for this temporary need, what else is he able to do? So they tasted and they saw that the Lord was good, and they wanted some more. But here's the thing you have to understand about Jesus, is Jesus will answer the temporary to reveal the eternal. It's never just about the miracle in the moment. It's about him revealing who he really is. And these people 
tasted that the Lord was good, and they wanted some more. Now, for some of these people, they just wanted for Jesus to meet all their temporary needs. They treated Jesus a bit like a spiritual ATM. Jesus, when I enter the code, you need to give me what I want. Or they treated Jesus like a spiritual genie in the bottle. Jesus, every time I come to you and I ask for this, you owe me this to answer the prayer how I want it. But everyone, that is not how Jesus works. Jesus is not a spiritual ATM or a genie in the Bible. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And remember, his temporary provision is a glimpse of his eternal provision. It is more than just temporary. Verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Verse 26. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you were looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Let's pause right here. Y'all, I love Jesus. Jesus keeps it real. They get to the other side and they meet Jesus and they go, hello, Rabbi, how you doing? Your beard looks nice. Your air Jerusalems are clean. You are doing well. Some of y'all just looked at God's word and went, I don't, I don't say that. What translation is that? But they come into Jesus and they go, hey, Rabbi, how are you? I want you to give me what I want. Let me just be kind to you. And then Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you were looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. You were looking to me for what I can do for you in the here and now. You're not thinking about eternal things. You're thinking about that your belly is full right now and you want me to continue to fulfill your temporary needs. But I'm not just about the temporary. I'm about the eternal. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. What Jesus is saying to this crowd is, don't seek the temporary, but the true bread that is eternal. Don't just seek what I can do for you here and now to provide for you your temporary needs, but I have come to fulfill your eternal need. And your eternal need and the biggest need of your life is that you need a payment for your brokenness, and I am that. Verse 30. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Let's pause right here for a second. Did you notice what they said in the first part as we began reading again? So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? I want you to remember something really quickly. A little bit ago, not a lot of bit ago, but a little bit ago, they were sitting on the side listening to Jesus, and they were hungry. And what did Jesus do? He provided a meal for them. Would you agree that that's miraculous? Some of y'all are like, well, it's kind of miraculous. No. Would you agree that taking not much of something and multiplying it to more than abundantly 
is a miracle. Yeah. So Jesus had just done that. When they were talking to Jesus, they probably still tasted the fish on their lips and the bread on their lips as well. But yeah, what are they going? Hey, what are you going to do to prove yourself to us? We need to see another miracle. And sometimes when we read scripture, we want to pull this, oh, bless their heart. They had just experienced a miracle of God. And look, they have already forgotten. Can I tell you something I don't like about scripture? Is I see myself reflected a lot of times in it. See, I want to go bless your heart. But really, as I look at that, how many times has the Lord more than provided for me where I get to another, where another valley or another storm and I go, God, are you going to do it again? Are you going to move again? Are you going to be sufficient again? Hear me, everybody. We cannot be a people that forget this easily. And let me go ahead and be honest with you. Can we be real with each other? Good that you said yes, because we're about to be. The fact that the tomb is empty is enough. And for some of us, we go, okay, that, I like that. That's good, but I still need what I need today. Hear me again. Maybe you didn't hear me. The fact that we can look to an empty tomb is enough. Why? Because Jesus has answered the biggest need that any of us have. And even if he doesn't come through the way we want him to come through tomorrow or the day after that or the day after that, I want you to know that ultimately he has already come through because he is seated at the right hand of his father and he is enough. So Jesus doesn't have to do anything else because he's already answered the number one need that we all have. We needed a payment for our brokenness, our wrong choices, which the Bible calls sin. And he has answered that in full by giving his life as an offering for our brokenness. And he has been raised from the grave. And because the tomb is empty, we don't need anything else. Because the king has answered our prayer and our every need through his completed work on the cross. And here's the other thing. In Exodus chapter 16, when God provides the manna from heaven for them, like it's kind of the same kind of rhythm. Like the people, the nation of Israel has just done the soul train line through the Red Sea, y'all. Like they're like, oh, look what God did. I mean, they are busting a move through the Red Sea. They get to the other side and go, oh, we hungry. It would have been better just to die in Egypt. Excuse me? Did you, did you not just walk through a Red Sea? Do you not remember the nation of, of Egypt, like, chasing you? You walked through. God went before you. God was behind you. He did all the things. And then when y'all made it through, all of you made it through, then the water came down on the nation of Egypt. Do you remember that? They're like, oh, yeah, but we hungry. I mean, that was fine, but what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? And God meets them at their grumbling, and he provides them with grace. And I love that the king is still in the business of meeting us where we are and still offering us grace. That's exactly what he did. Jesus is not just a temporary answer, but he is an eternal solution. 
He's looking at this crowd and going, listen, I know you want just your temporary met, but I'm more about eternal. I use the temporary to reveal the eternal. And then with the nation of Israel, he was pointing forward to his ultimate provision of Jesus. Verse 36. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall not lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. See, when Jesus says this, they will just look to him and they will be saved. When they just look to me, they will have life. He's speaking a way that they would understand because they knew the story of Moses with the snakes and how the nation of Israel, because of their disobedience, was being bitten by snake. And God just said, hey, look to Moses with his hands lifted up and you will be saved, giving a glimpse of what was to come as the ultimate provision. And y'all, sometimes, to be honest with you, when I read the story of the snakes, I just, I kind of giggle to myself because it's funny. The nation of Israel is like, oh, God, you're not enough. God, why not? God, blah, blah. And God's like, you know what? Let them have some snakes. Yeah. Yeah, let's see what happens here. Oh, you don't like those snakes, do you? But at the same time, his grace is poured out into its fullness because he says, just look to Moses and you will be saved. Giving a glimpse. Hey, because of our choices, because of us. There are all kinds of things that break loose because of our choices, and there are consequences to all of our choices. But me, I will meet you where you are and offer you grace, a saving grace right where you are. See, Jesus offers himself as a gift and invites us to feast. Think about this for a moment. Most kings don't set the table for the people who are coming for dinner. Most kings would not be back in the kitchen cooking the meal for those who have been invited to come and eat. But Jesus does it all. He sets the table, he is the meal, and he invites us to come and sit and dine. Jesus offers himself as a gift and invites us to feast because he is sufficient. He is everything that we need, and he does it all and invites us to sit and to eat. Verse 41. At this, the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves. In Hebrew, that means stop grumbling among yourselves. Y'all are like, in modern English, that means stop grumbling among yourselves. Listen, let me speak for myself, and maybe you can, this will resonate with you. I often am fixing my eyes on what I don't have instead of fixing my eyes on who I do have. Let me say that again. Oftentimes, I fix my eyes on what I don't have instead of looking at who I do have. And I think if you were to examine your life, you might could say something similar to that. 
And Jesus looks at this crowd and goes, hey, stop grumbling. What I'm offering you is everything and more. Verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Jesus is talking about himself. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. Verse 48. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus so eloquently just kind of communicates the gospel. You are in need. You try to feed on temporary bread. It leads to death. I am the bread of life that leads to life and fulfillment. Jesus has set the table and provided the meal. Verse 52. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Let's just kind of, let's for a moment go back. Imagine you're sitting in the synagogue. You are listening to Jesus, this rabbi speak, who's different than any other rabbi you have ever seen in the world or ever heard of. And he says, if you want to know life to the full, eat of my flesh and drink my blood. Like, imagine being there. Like, for me, if I'm honest with you, this is me. Jesus question. Did you just tell us to eat your flesh and drink your blood? That's weird, Jesus. Like sometimes we read scripture and go, oh, that's so great. Eat his flesh and drink his blood. Praise the Lord. Okay, that's weird, y'all. Like it is. Like let's just be honest. It's a little weird, a little strange. Like, and Jesus is like, hey, just eat my flesh and drink my blood and you have everything you need. I would be the guy that would be like, hold up. That sounds nasty. I just don't know about that. But here's the other thing to understand. Probably in that context, this is not the first time these people have heard about ways to have life and ways to be fulfilled because there were probably other practices at the time that were doing these sort of things to earn grace or to make a way towards grace. And so when Jesus says this, he is reframing this in a way that he can clearly tell them what is going on. Because what he is saying is, no, you're not literally going to eat my flesh and drink my blood, but I am going to pay the sacrifice. I'm going to pay the payment with my life, with my body, with the bread, and my blood is going to be shed. And all you have to do is to receive that to have life to the full. 
So it's like eating my flesh and drinking my blood. If you are willing to accept the payment that I have paid on your behalf, then you will be saved. That means you can take your seat at the table of the king and be satisfied. That means that you can have a life to the full, the life that you always hoped for and the answer that you've always wanted. It's going to look differently, but I'm going to be your provision if you come and die. And what he is offering them and what he is offering us is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So why did some of these and why do some of us pass on the bread? For some of us, we don't understand our real problem. See, we think our real problem is paying the bills, raising our kids, all the things that stand in the way. Our real problem is that we have a debt that we could not and were unable to pay ourselves. Our real problem, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, is us. Because think about every time you have walked down a lesser path. Who was there? You were. And so really, Jesus is offering this bread of life. He goes, listen, you're going to try to get life from all kinds of means and all kinds of lesser biscuits. But really, this bread of life, which is me, is going to offer you everything you need. Maybe they just couldn't see what their real problem was. Or maybe they just wanted a quick fix. Go, hey, God, I just want my hunger pangs to be satisfied right now. I'm not thinking about the ultimate hunger pangs. I'm not thinking about ultimate satisfaction. I'm just thinking about the here and now. See, there's a C.S. Lewis quote that I love that I often go back to, and it says, we are too easily content. We are content to stay on the shore and make mud pies when we have been invited to a holiday at sea. Another way to say that is we fill up on biscuits and we miss out on the main course. See, what Jesus is offering is himself, and he's going, hey, I am enough. I am sufficient. I have answered your number one need. All you have to do is to accept it and believe it and take your seat at the table. See, our soul craving is not for something but for someone. Let me say that again. Our souls are craving not just something, but someone. And that someone is Jesus. And here's what is true. What we eat will be reflected in the way we live. Let me say that again. What we eat will be reflected in the way that we live. Let me give you an example of this. If from this day on, all I eat is biscuits. You're going to be able to tell. Promise you that. Why? Because what you eat is reflected in your life. But if you have taken your seat at the table of the king and you have believed that he is who he says he is, then your life will reflect that. The Bible calls that fruit. And you can tell what you're rooted in by the fruit that you produce. And so for us, as we walk out this life, as we have been invited to dine, if we dine, I'm telling you, it will give off the aroma of the kingdom of God. So here's the invitation. Take your seat at the table and eat the meal that was provided on your behalf. 
if you would bow your heads. In a moment, we're going to be reminded of what is true by singing the song Jireh. You are provider and you are enough. We're going to sing that because I can't think of a better way to walk out of here. I can't think of a better posture to be reminded of than to be reminded with the song of what is true on our lips, singing, Jesus, you are enough. And so maybe for you in this moment, maybe this is the first time that you have recognized that Jesus is enough. And you want to say yes to the meal that he offers to us. Right where you are, in the seat you are seated in right here and right now, if you want to say yes to Jesus, you could do that right here, right now. If you could say something like this to Jesus. Dear Jesus, I do not understand it all. Nobody does. But the best way I know how, I say yes to the perfect life you live. For 33 years, I recognize that you lived it perfectly every single day. And I recognize I am unable to do that. I have fallen and I have made mistakes over and over again, and the Bible calls that sin. I say yes to the fact that you surrendered your life on a cross to pay a debt that I was unable to pay because I was bankrupt. And it took something perfect to pay that debt in full, and Jesus being perfect was able to pay it in full. I say yes to the fact that three days later, even though you were dead, Oxygen came back into your lungs and you lived again, overcoming sin and death. And I recognize through you and you alone that I am able to overcome sin and death through your perfect payment and your perfect life lived and your resurrection from the grave. So I say yes. If you in this moment said something like that to Jesus on the authority of God's word, it says you will be saved. Another way to think about it is you have taken your seat at the table of the king and you have dined on the meal that was provided and that he is enough. Maybe for you, you have tasted of this bread, but yet you still keep going back to lesser things and other biscuits in order to fulfill this void when you already have your fulfillment in Jesus. Maybe it's time to agree with the king and go, you know what, this is less than and I'm just going to keep eating the meal you have provided. And so, Jesus, I'm sorry. We call that repentance. Or maybe it's another step that you need to take. Whatever the step is, I want to encourage you to take it. There'll be friends in this room. There are QR codes you can scan. There are all kinds of ways to take the step. My prayer is that you will take the step. My prayer for us is that we will recognize that Jireh is enough. Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, because the tomb is empty, you have answered our number one need. And thank you for that. Because you are good, because you are provider, we can eat and be full and be filled. We don't need lesser things. All we need is you because you are enough. May our eyes fix our May our eyes be fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith and may our feet follow what our eyes are fixed upon and may we be reminded that you are enough. So Jesus, let us be reminded and let us respond with our lives to this truth. And Jesus, we pray all these things in your awesome and amazing name. Amen.